right now. Welcome to, Radio. welcome to another Cisco and Fasson Hour. With our guest, um, Dawn Brown. She'll be on in a couple of minutes. Mark, welcome. Yes, thank you. All right. Interesting week, huh? Interesting week with this. uh, I don't know what to make of this coronavirus. (laughs) (laughs) Is it it the beer or or some type of another type of virus? I mean, at first I thought it was the corona beer. Well, there's there's definitely something going on with it. But, of course, Uh our, you know, uh, let no uh, crisis go to waste Democrats. Or, uh, you know, trying to, to paint the walls black around Trump again. And, and yeah. of course, I mean, just the, the, the deceit drives me crazy. You know, I could see why I've had two Twitter accounts suspended with me, re- <laughs> with me responding to these folks, you know, and giving them what they really deserve, you know, and telling them what they need to hear. And then I get suspended. But anyway. Well. I, I, Mark, Dawn, that's thank, the reason thank we... Thank you very much for joining us uh, tonight <laughs> on the show. Thank you all for having me. <laughs> Mark, that's the reason we love you, because you really, really give it to them. You give it to the, to the, to the, to the Democrats all the time. You know, I, I've been doing this, God, over <laughs> 40 years, you know that? <laughs> Amazing. You know, from when I was... Uh, Counter demonstrating the communist Vietnam War press protesters on the streets of New York City. You know, back to 68, 69, 70. So I've been doing this a long time, folks. You're a no, no, it's, <laughs> he, he, he definitely is. Um, well, you know, President Trump has actually done the right thing. He has been very diligent in closing the borders, rejecting any flights coming in from, from China. So the reason the Democrats are going after him, it's because he's going, he's doing the right, he's been doing the right thing. You know, he, he just announced that, him. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt. They're going after him because they have nothing to contribute. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're like, it's, it's a little Mary, Mary, quite contrary, you know, and I'm going to sum it up with this. If Trump uh-huh. walked across the lake, the headlines and the talking points the next day would be Trump can't swim. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that is true. But no, no, but on on a serious note, the, the the whole situation is president Trump has it under control. And, and, and the fact that the, the, it's spreading around the whole, the rest of the world, which it is, I mean, it's basically a sign that we, as, as, as a country and, and having President Trump as our president has actually done, he's done the right thing. Yes. Yeah. So uh, on another angle, uh, the debates this week were another comical event. We had Bernie Sanders trying to go back to the 1960s and become the revolutionary uh, master, you know, praising Fidel Castro, unbelievable. And then we have Mike Bloomberg praising the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, it's and you know what? There was no American flags in that debate. Isn't that a shame? Yeah, there hasn't been all along. You, you know the thing. Uh, 
I take this Castro thing kind of personally. My best friend yeah. growing up was first-generation Cuban, okay? Yes. And I have to relay this story. This is 1970 mm-hmm. now, okay? It's a quick one. Three of us mm-hmm. in a living room, all 16 years old. The thing is, it's me and my best friend. The only thing is the third fellow had just gotten out of Cuba. Right. And this was 1970. I don't know how he got out. My friend was translating as I peppered the, the guy with questions because, I mean, <laughs> what, what, what an opportunity. Here's this guy right. right Anyway, here's a major thing he told me was going on that I've never heard in the press. He told me that Havana was segregated, males on one side, females on the other. Mm-hmm. That if one was caught in the zone they shouldn't be in, of course, they were just shot because they're Marxists, they're cold-blooded murderers. You know, if there's hundreds of thousands of bodies rotting in the street, the uh, Marxists are yawning. They don't care. But uh, so that's why I take that Castro thing personally. And this young man, I mean, he had no reason to lie to me. He was happy to be in New York City and out out of Havana. Anyway, I'll yield the floor. No, 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 no. Absolutely. I mean, uh, my my brother-in-law also left left Cuba in those conditions. So exactly what you just said, I can I can counter that and tell you that that's the truth, totally, 100%. But let's bring on Dawn Brown. She worked for 10 years in corrections. She was on the corrections emergency response team and the fire emergency response team for over four years. Um. She's a, I would say, a whistleblower and has a lawsuit against the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections. Welcome, Dawn. Well, uh, thank just you. Tell us a little bit. You're welcome. Tell us a bit more and what's been going on. Well, right now everything's pending with the uh, federal judge. Uh, I've given him so much evidence. I'm just kind of like uh, in a disbelief that nobody's being held accountable for anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Okay. Um, it's very upsetting, you know, when you give uh, people evidence and it just continues to just just be ignored. No one's doing anything. No one's being held accountable, like Kathleen Kane's office sending me a letter telling me to destroy evidence. Hold, hold on, hold on. For, for, hold on. For, for our audience for, and for Mark, who is Kathleen Kane? Just basically, if you start naming names, just give, give who, who they are. Okay, sorry. She is a ex- uh, attorney general who's now a felon she was caught up um, in lying and uh, something else I forget what she got caught up in but she just did a lot of nasty things went after a lot of people for trying to go after corruption I think she went after some police officers or detectives not sure what they were but they were going after politicians who were Democrats who was taking money or something bribes and she made their life a living hell and fired them <laughs> well they got fired <laughs> and there's me. She, uh, I was a sexually assaulted, not raped, attempted in the state prison by a corrections officer. And when I went to the state police, I was ignored. When I went to everywhere I went, I was just ignored. And then I was victim shamed. The only person at that time who ever tried to help me was uh, Governor Corbett, who was a Republican. He asked for them to investigate it, but they wouldn't. Uh, well, I went to <laughs> went back to the prison for it to be investigated. I was victim shamed by our OSII, who are our internal affairs. Uh-huh. And she told me I was just a little fish in a big pond and that the governor didn't have time to be bothered with my problems. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I did a, a criminal complaint again. Uh, this went on for quite some time, and I got went to the state police. They said they was going to investigate it through the Cumberland County DA's office. And when I got there, there was this uh, same woman who, and she made sure I know this. She told me that. She was the same woman that was there when a female got raped in Rockview State Prison. And we all know what happened with that. Attorney General Kathleen Kane, a Democrat, blamed this woman for her own rape, of an inmate raping her for like 30 minutes, choked her, had her unconscious, probably thought she was dead when he was raping her. And they wanted her not to press charges against this inmate. Well, this... This was the same woman who investigated that woman, and she went on to tell me that she wasn't going to do any investigation, that uh, what the officer had did to me was not anything they thought was concerning. <laughs> and Got it. She, the state trooper, it was also about an inmate dying and that there was um, being denied medical treatment inside the prison also. And he could have lived, and I know this because I was there when the coroner came, to pronounce this inmate dead because he was on life uh, support machines to see if he can donate his organs. Well, this uh, coroner came back in and said that he went to the prison first because he knew how they lied, which I know that too. <laughs> they lie, they cover up everything. So he went there first and talked to the inmates that were still there, and he wanted to talk to the staff. Well, this inmate was denied medical treatment. And he's dead. He's gone. The family can't even sue them because the Department of Corrections lied so long about it. But they told me they wasn't going to do anything about it, and then I was terminated not that day. It was either that day or the next day that they terminated me, but it was after I went on Fox 43 News and told my story. And uh, then later on, I gave Kathleen Kane, not Kathleen Kane, Cumberland County DA's office, all this proof of staff on social media with active inmates inside the prison. They're inside the prison. (laughs) on social media accounts, talking with staff, correctional staff, and nothing was being done about it, nothing. It, uh, she sent me a letter and told me because it proved that the one person, OSII, had committed perjury. And he swore under oath at a UC hearing that I had, not, I had never reported anything that amounted to nothing, which was two staff members that I had reported. Both are involved... One is still involved. She's married to now a blood gang member who's now incarcerated again for drugs and guns. And she, the other one was dating and living with another inmate. And they, uh, Kathleen Kane told me that I had to destroy all this evidence that proved that this OSII officer lied on me under oath because it proved on those integrated case summaries that this inmate had got caught at Camp Hill, not Chester, as he had lied and testified to during a PDC hearing, to have me fired. Hmm. He was told, and he actually had me told me that it was okay at the time when he was investigating me, which he lied about that too, that it was okay for her to date inmates that were on parole at that time, which are still, they're still, they belong to the state. Okay, so so basically, you, in regards to this whole process of the corruption, uh, the uh, uh, Kathleen Kane, is that something that is rampant? Would you say throughout the 
Pennsylvania Correctional Facilities uh Yes, I found other staff members that are on social media with these same inmates, but they're not just inmates. They're gang okay. members. They identify they self-identify that they are in gangs. Okay. And and and, and why do you think that um Governor Wolf has not taken measurements to to tackle this issue of having gang members uh blending in with correctional facility officers well, and, I have and, gone and to imagine, him. right and right but he didn't care right right but, but uh, in your in your experience in your 10 years of experience working in the corrections uh facilities why do you feel that uh or what do you think is the reason that these associations have grown oh, well gangs bring within, in a lot of with, money Okay, that's where I, I was going. They bring in a lot of drugs. They bring in a lot of money from their drugs or sex trafficking of children, women, and young boys. There's, we all know it's billion dollars <laughs> every year. And okay. there's, when you have Governor Wolf, all you got to do is look at who he's hiring. He hired Brandon Flood, Board of Pardons, who's a convicted felon, who had okay. firearm charges and selling cocaine. All right. Now, he cleared his record. And now he, this guy's on social media gloating, and he's also affiliated with a lot of gangs still, <laughs> which right. they, you know, he definitely has to belong to a gang to be affiliated the way he is with them. And he is on social media with them, and Governor Wolf hired him, and he for being the one to let release inmates, give them pardons. Now, to me, when you look at that, if I'm out on the street, I'm going to commit a crime if I belong to his gang because I know in 10 years he's going to give me a pardon. He's going to say I was a good boy in prison, and he's going to give me a pardon. So there's no um, repercussion really to any of their crimes because they know now they have people on their side who they're putting in place to get them out. Okay, if they so even make it to prison. <laughs> so, so basically Governor Wolf sits on top and he, he, he's the one that basically controls the prison system? Am, am I correct in saying that? Well, he, he controls who he hires to uh, control the prison, which is uh, John Wetzel, which is okay, so by no means any type of a leader at all. Who, who, For inmates, who, 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 he's a leader. Who's John Wetzel? What's his, uh, what's his title and what, what, is, what is his role in, in regards to the prison system, the Pennsylvania pr- prison system? He's head over Department of Corrections for Pennsylvania, and he is also over the uh, probation and parole for the state. He carries two roles, which is should be a conflict of interest. They try that's how they manipulate the numbers, let people think that there's not that many inmates getting incarcerated. That's because they're not letting people get caught no more. <laughs> you know, okay. the infractions they used, used to get, they're they're just letting it go now. Um, and I think that's why they hire gang members to work in the prisons because gangs. And this comes from HR. They're the ones that are supposed to be doing these background checks. And Jack Evans and Ty Stanton, all these people, they're supposed to be doing background checks on these people. And all you got to do, you get on their social media accounts and look at them. They're flipping gang signs. They're on social media with inmates that are gangs. It's crazy. (laughs) So basically, how about your union? While uh, you were enduring this uh, bureaucratic gauntlet, what was your union doing? They was just taking my money at that time. <laughs> now, the union has 
changed, and this one does seem to be working for correctional staff because there's a lot of assaults. There one one officer got killed in 2018 or 2019. I can't remember. 2018, I'm pretty sure. And uh, this new union that took over, they don't like. They don't appear to like Governor Wolf nor Wetzel. Okay, so so hey, basically, and I was just wondering because uh, I would think you would have a union standing up for you. At that time, they did not. They actually let me just they they just washed me away and let me go. They did not want to help me. And in fact, any of the time that I was in correction in my ten years, my union did not back me at all. Wow! 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 Yes, yeah, for a refund of the union dues. I know, right? Yeah. They should give me a refund. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, on, under Don, under Governor Corbett, who was a Republican previously, did you see that type of environment, blood uh, gang members, the Bloods and the Crips gang members, being part of the, you know, correctional facilities environment? Not like they are now. Then they were more hidden. You wouldn't have known it. Now they're just bold and brazen. They don't care what they do. Hell, they're on social media with the superintendent of Laura Harry with inmates on their social media in Georgia. And then those inmates have friends on that same social media accounts with knives and uh, civilian clothing implements of escape and killing people. And nothing's being done about it. And this is stuff that I went to OIG about, which is also Beamer who was there when uh, Kathleen Kane was there. Josh Shapiro, he's hiding everything. He just acts like, he tells me oh, I don't oh, accept oh, responsibility oh, for my actions. Hold, hold on, Just When you mention a name, mention what, who, who they are. Oh, OIG is yeah. the Inspector General, Beamer. Okay. Uh, okay. He also took Kathleen's case, uh, I'm sorry, her role after she was re- resigned, after she got charged. Okay. Then... Um, who else was I mentioning? OIG Beamer. Uh, you, you, you mentioned Josh Shapiro. Oh, he's Attorney General Josh Shapiro, and he's a Democrat. And he okay. he's not – I've given him things, and he actually lied. His office – I went to Senator Ahmed after U.S. Marshal Hill was killed because I was I was I could not understand why nothing – how you, U.S. Marshal Hill, first of all, got killed. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's touch on that. And Mark, you should find this interesting. Uh, this uh, Marsha Hills, tell, just briefly tell our audience in regards to what happened to uh, Marshall Hill. U.S. Marshall Hill went to a home with Shayla Town Pierce to serve. Uh, well, she was a fugitive. They was going to arrest her because Harrisburg City Police Department, not the police officers themselves, the commissioner and them aren't doing their job. So they come in was getting the fugitives that these people weren't getting. So. Uh, Shayla Town Pierce was getting arrested that morning, and the U.S. Marshal Hill, a York County police officer, a Harrisburg police officer, and several others were involved in this with uh, going in and getting her. Well, they went in to get her. They was arresting her when another fugitive, who's a rapist, came down the steps firing firearm and firing at. He's a felon with guns, firing at the police officers. It was more of an ambush than anything. And he fired at these police officers. He got one in the elbow, the one in York County, if I'm not mistaken. And in turn, one of the the other police officers accidentally shot U.S. Marshal Hill in the side. So he ended up dying from that gunshot wound. So 
So this guy ends up flying out. They go, they're all on a standoff, and this guy goes out in the streets shooting at these cops, trying to kill me. He shot the one in the vest, saved his life. Um, end up killing the, this uh, Sturges, I think was his name. He ended up being killed. But ultimately you had two fugitives sitting inside of a house and one fugitive harboring another fugitive. <laughs> and okay. the Harrisburg Police Department not doing anything about any of it. Not oh, the police officers geez. themselves. I don't want to say that I'm talking bad about the police officers themselves. It's the, the higher-ups. Okay. And and, and, and where where is this uh, – have they gone and proceeded to, to see who was responsible? Is there any investigations in regards to Governor Wolf? I mean, uh, what's the, uh, the latest on it? No, it all became more hush-hush. Uh, I think at one point in time, the newspaper tried to say that they knew that Sturges was there and that that to me would be crazy because if you look at U.S. Marshal Hill and his record, there's no way he would have ever went in that house with a man that he thought was armed with children being inside the home. Now, she's, he's dead. Sturges is dead. The female, Shayla Town Pierce, she went on to live her life and even got pregnant after this man died. Her baby daddy's inside the prison on a cell phone talking to her, giving her messages. They're liking each other's photos back and forth. Uh, and that same inmate, Carlos Los Lopez, had two accounts. One he has taken down or he's got me hidden that I can't see it anymore. But he uh, was on social media with her talking, taking pictures inside the prisons. And there's, I don't know, there's no way. This was Josh Shapiro, and he didn't do anything about it. And this was in September. I gave him a flash drive and uh, a lot of documents of staff members that are involved with these gangs and on social media with inmates. And they're, they're not just any inmates. Again, they are people who self-identify with being Bloods and Crips. So you know, it. It's bigger than the thing down in Baltimore where those women were got, got caught having babies with these inmates, the black right. gorilla gang. This is bigger. It, in PA, it's being hidden. They know about it, and they're doing nothing about it. OIG told uh, my representative, Frank Ryan, that they're not going to talk about any kind of investigation. They claimed it was 2015 I went to them. Nope. It was 2012 that I first went to them. And nothing right. has ever yet been done about it. These staff members are still working inside the prison and still on social media, which is against the code of ethics. They're still and what they fired me for, but I wasn't on the social media with inmates, don't get it. <laughs> they fired me for going reporting things on social media, which is my first amendment right, and reporting their corruptions inside of there. But these people are violating that same social media and code of ethics in a different way. They're on social media with these inmates, tagging them. I mean, they're, they're right. actually tagging them <laughs> in photos, in their inmate photos and stuff. It's like it's unbelievable, nothing being done about it. So basically, what for everyone who's listening out there, the reason we, we wanted to hear Dawn's story, because this is not an isolated situation. This is happening across all the prison systems in the United States. And we must hold these individuals account- accountable for what they're doing. Um, and I think, I think on a federal level, Attorney General William Barr needs to step in because it appears that Governor Wolf is not doing anything about it. He's, he's letting everything be status quo. What do you think, Mark? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Mark? this sounds particularly bad in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, I'm sure uh, uh, the penal systems on a whole across the country, like you say, uh, need some kind of uh, redesign. But what mm-hmm. this story that she just told is is horrible. And, you know, it's funny because just today I was wondering, do you remember uh, that this went on during the campaign and after the campaign here in New Jersey where one of uh, Murphy, Governor Murphy's senior staffers raped one of the, the other staff? Yes. And the whole thing yes. has just been buried. Uh, yes. What's with this? You know, and then you have Democrats scream me, the Me Too movement. It's like <laughs> instead of Me Too, instead of Me Too, it's my fanny. What the hell is that? <laughs> That's a very good, that, very good analogy. Uh, very good comparison. Yes, uh, I, I I remember that very well because Phil Murphy, uh, the governor of New Jersey. You know, one of his, uh, I think, advisors were, you know, actually raped. And then they tried to really go after the woman who was the whistleblower, just like they're doing with Dawn. And, and, I, and, and I definitely, I think this has to go to a higher level because we're not going to expect anything from Governor Wolf and, and forget about anything from Governor Murphy, both Democrats, you know, totally. So would you say that your life as a correctional officer as a woman, was horrible? What, 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 how would you uh, describe it? Your 10 years as a correctional officer, uh, officer as a woman. As horrible. A, uh, horrible, <laughs> it, okay. It, it was horrible because staff made it horrible. It, made, it can make it bad enough, but when your staff members don't even back you or that are, they're like children in Camp Hill. I don't know how, Green was different. I will say that. Green wasn't the same as Camp Hill. Camp Hill is almost like a childlike environment. They gossip like little girls. Instead of worrying about what inmates are doing, they're worried about what everybody else's personal life is about, what they're doing, and if they can't. When a female comes in, the first thing they try to do is see who's going to hit that first. (laughs) And once they can't hit it, then this whole rumor mill gets started about you. I've had people say I was a whore, write it on walls where I was at. They uh, They said I was a whore. They put the... These little things for people to sign their names of how many people slept with me. And it's just they embarrass you. They humiliate you. They try to demean you. Uh, even being on a cert team, I had this little scrawny guy come up to me and says, oh, I'm glad to see that you're on a cert team. I feel safe. I said, well, you know what? When that 12-gauge shotgun hits you, it don't matter what's behind it. <laughs> Mind you, I could have probably taken this guy anyhow, but <laughs> it didn't matter what was behind it. You know what I mean? It just it, that no matter what you did as a female, you were never good enough. Female that were pregnant, oh, my God, it was horrible. It still is, I'm sure. If you were pregnant, there was no there were no, was no place that they would put you to protect you. And now right. big pregnant women, we're talking like third and fourth trimesters. Here they are out there in uh, during Ramadan, during line movements. And if these inmates get in any kind of fights, they have to help break up that fight, and they're pregnant. So in essence, you're by yourself because the pregnant woman, and then you're going to think you got to protect that person instead of, I'm not going to try to break up a fight with a pregnant woman. <laughs> it's like with the most insane things. There was one female, they hated her so bad while she was pregnant. They put her on every punishment post there was. <laughs> right. And one, one, of, one of the things that I, based on, on my research before the interview tonight, is that 
in a, in a lot of the correctional facilities, especially like in New York State, uh, they they have been documented. It's been documented that physical offices offer drugs and cell phones to to prison inmates, and 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 there's also been allegations of a lot of sexual harassment uh, that go un, unreported due to fear of of their own safety and of uh, family members uh, being harassed. So this is again, this is just not. For everyone out there who's listening, this is not an isolated case. And, and, and I don't hear anyone, especially in the mainstream media, bringing about what's really happening in our prison systems in the U.S. and, um, and how bas- basically everything is shoved underground, under the table, under the rug, and, and, and not to be heard. So, um, so... In regards to being hostile, so the environment for women uh, pregnant, so in total, women working as correctional officers, it's, it's, it has been and continues to be a hostile environment? For Yes, for myself, I was not pregnant, of course, but for the ones that I knew that were pregnant, I, there was at least three officers that I remember being pregnant. One quit after she had her baby because she just couldn't stand it anymore. Right. Uh, one, she resigned, too, after she had her baby. Then there's another female. I think she quit too. I think every all three of them quit. <laughs> right. Because okay. it, was, it was just that kind of a place that you just didn't want to work in. While first of all, you should not be put out in danger while you're pregnant. I've never seen a pregnant police officer ever in my life out there with a gun, having to patrol the streets or anything. I mean, have you? Because I never have. <laughs> yeah, I, I usually have put that. them on desk duty. <laughs> so if if these women would go to HR. HR wouldn't do anything, for based on your no. experience. No. no, there was a one female asked for a bubble restriction at one time, and they just pretty much laughed at her, and she gave up on it. And when, when I say bubble restriction, it's where you work in a controlled bu- uh, thing in a block. It's a controlled area where the inmates can't get to, and right. you're safe there because you actually have a key. You can go out the top roof if you had to, had to if there was ever a riot, if they even tra- broke into that part of the in your you know control center. Okay. Uh, in regards to drugs, how easy to transport drugs in the Pennsylvania prison system? Very easy. Um, first of all, when you got your security officers who are part of, who has gang members all over their social media, again, inmates on their social media, they're the ones who do the investigations, and all they got to do is give the other people heads up them when they're not to bring the drugs in. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. when to bring the drugs in. Um, uh, one female got caught one time for having drug residue on her hand. It wasn't just marijuana. It was some kind of other substance. And she remember, remember they, the one security guard was talking about, he worked in security. He said that she was like, oh, my God, my drug dealer gave me the wrong stuff. I didn't use the uh, same one I usually <laughs> use. <laughs> wow. And she kept her job. And her and just so happens her son is on social media with these same gangs down here in Harrisburg that are drug dealers. <laughs> I was like, guess wow. her son wasn't available at that point. <laughs> so I, I, I'm i baffled, and, and Mark, interjective uh, if you want. Uh, you know, the American Civil Liberties Union is always basically out there trying to protect the rights of women and other folks. How come they're not 
defending women like yourself and others that are basically mistreated and working in a hostile environment, especially Governor Wolf. You know why, uh, Cisco, uh, the reason they're not is because you left one of the an adjective out. And they'll only go after leftist persons, causes, and campaigns. If Dawn isn't, uh, you know, isn't running around with a Che Guevara shirt, they're not, <laughs> they're not going to bother. <laughs> That's true. You're right. You're absolutely right. I think if you don't have that, the letter D like in David next to you, which is Democrat, you're pretty much on your own. That is very true. <laughs> oh, my God. I went to ACLU, and they wouldn't do nothing for me either. They actually sent me a letter and told me they have so many cases, and mine wasn't basically important enough to them. And it wasn't wow. just about me. It was about other women, too, working in corrections. That's interesting. That, wow. that, that, uh, you, know, uh, you know how advanced the ACL is, ACLU is? Uh, one of my sons uh, responded to an ad for a job in an office in Philly. And it ended mm-hmm. up being an ACLU call center. They have like dozens of people manning phones, calling for solicitations and donations. They must, <laughs> they must have a lot of cash. <laughs> You're kidding. Wow. Nope. That's interesting. Yeah, he, so, I, he didn't even last a week. He was like, screw this. I mean, he isn't as conservative as we are, but he's very libertarian. And uh, he didn't oh. like that. <laughs> well, hey, we, every every week we get something new from Mark. He he brings up and gives us educates us on something very very spe- specific, and that's I I was unaware that uh, the ACLU had a call center. Yep. Wow. In, in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. I think that's where my letter even came from was the Philadelphia office. I have to look at it again, but I still have it. <laughs> I think I'm going to frame it one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dozens so, of people calling, dozens of people calling, you know, from uh, probably like 10 till 8, I think they do, something like that. Wow. Okay. So in your, in your um, based on your experience, is the prison system a place where inmates really – Re, uh, you know, it's a rehabilitation process, or is it a learning ground to become more of a seasoned criminal? Based on your oh, experience. definitely a ground for seasoned, seasonal criminals. Uh, Daryl Hinesman is a prime example of that. He went in there to get rehabilitated, and instead, uh, Lieutenant Griffin, because she's in my lawsuit, I'll name her, she decided that he was going to be her lover. And he claimed to me, because he was trying to have me help him later on after he got in trouble again. He didn't know that I was one reporting him for having guns with the video. <laughs> but he uh, was telling me that uh, she was bringing in drugs, she was bringing in cell phones and to him, and she was aiding him in his criminal world while he was still in there. Not just him, her, you have people working in a psychology department. Uh, one of the things that came up was about these people who were paroled. There was a police officer that got killed, a children got killed by these parolees. And people were questioning, how are they getting paroled? Well, that's easy. Look at who's paroling them. You know, if you've got enough money, I'm sure you can buy off any of them because they affiliate themselves and or belong to these gangs, and they're the ones who do their um, evaluations. 
Right. One went down to Philadelphia. I forget which prison she went to. The other one stayed up here. She was a psychologist. Her husband, Lavelle Jenkins, was the one who suspended me. for. He violated my FMLA rights, by the way. But from my understanding, he worked for the city police department in Harrisburg. He was forced to resign. Now, this is just what I was told about this part. He was forced to resign because he was taking... He was taking evidence out of the evidence lockers and putting it on people in the street to have them incarcerated and convicted. So he somehow he got caught. He resigned or something. I know he was not. He he came to work at Camp Hill Prison. So basically, his dirty crap that he was doing there, he brought over to the Camp Hill Prison. And his wife, uh, she was. They had a drug dealer who was caught. When you were talking about earlier about drug dealers, he was caught right. bringing in. Uh, bringing in drugs and cell phones to inmates. They had this correction officer after he was incarcerated, not incarcerated, well, he was incarcerated. He got, he pled guilty, but he, um, they had him at their wedding. And I really think this guy's going to have my back. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I got the whole rap on. I mean, they got the photos and everything. (laughs) This is, this is, this is our prison system. 2020. Yes. Yeah. I think he's now the deputy for Priya or something. I'm like, well, I mean, they're going to cover up with that. I know what the OSI guy covered up with me. And that goes to say about a correction officer that uh, had raped a transgender inmate inside the prison. He never was held accountable for that. Never. And I know that he he got charged with it. They claimed he could never find the inmate. How do you not find a drag queen inmate in Philadelphia? It's not being lost. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they, they claim. So, that, so that's very common that that happens, that, that these prisoners, inmates, uh, especially transgenders, they get raped and they get killed. That's yeah. very. Yeah, there's been a lot of that since Wetzel's been in. There are more deaths I've seen with Wetzel than any time that I was in corrections with uh, uh, Jeffrey Beard was the one we had before him. Okay, who, who, uh, who's who's Jeffrey Beer? He was the last super, uh, not the last, super, last secretary of corrections before Wetzel came in. Got it. Okay, yeah. If you can, if you can just correlate the name and the, the position, so the uh, audience knows who 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 you're talking about. Yeah. You, well, you, it goes you, along that whole system. You got these. You have. The whole criminal justice system is getting invaded by these people. I mean, you have one, her name's Latasha C. Williams. Now, okay. she was friends, apparently, of Kathleen Kane, the attorney general, and was letting inmates take photos of inside the prison illegally with cell phones, and they were posting them on her page. Now, this was in Somerset Prison where a, a correction officer, Baser, Sergeant Baserman, was killed by an inmate. And I've always tried to find out if that inmate was related to a gang, too, because gangs have this black August that they kill correctional staff. But that has changed now. It's almost any time you can kill a corrections officer, let's do it. Especially if you're not one of the good boys bringing in any kind of things for them. (laughs) And from my understanding, Baserman was doing his job like we're supposed to do, and this inmate didn't like it because, you know, Mr. Nice Huggy Thug wasn't over there giving him anything, so... Here comes Baserman making him do something that he's supposed to do for security reasons, and he gets a tincture tantrum and kicks this man in the head several times and ha- killed him. And wow. that that family has never got their 
money back. Wetzel has not released that money to that family yet for his death. Yet if you're an inmate, let me tell you, sue the state. They'll give it to you right away. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Wow. I'll, I'll, go ahead, Mark. Yeah. No, I'm just shocked at the uh, overt uh, corruption of these guys. Yeah, it's 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 it, and, and you know again, like I said, I mentioned just a little while ago, there's nothing, no coverage at all on the mainstream media at all, totally. This is the only yeah. program that is actually bringing to light what's going on in the Pennsylvania correctional facilities. But that's not only in Pennsylvania. I believe it. That's across the country, especially in the blue states like New Jersey, New York, California. You know, that Illinois. level of corruption Illinois, that level of corruption has to be going on. It cannot be just an isolated situation in, in Pennsylvania. Uh how many correction officers per inmates? Like how many oh, did I... you have to how many did you have to uh manage? On the weekend it was horrifying. They'd have you down to two officers working on a block with two hundred and thirty inmates. It might have been 264, if I'm not mistaken, but we have like 230 at a time. And you wow. had yard going on, and you had chapel lines going on, and two correctional officers, one out in yard, and actually we wouldn't have even anybody on the floor because they didn't have enough correctional staff. So if anything happened, you had to wait for it because all those people were doing line movements, and somebody else was going to go eat. So it was during our break time, and there was never three officers there, and even three officers was never enough for what was what you were dealing with and what type of I think how, 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 what was the shift uh eight hours 10 hours 12 hours it was eight hours uh but you also got walk time because you you had to wait for the other officers to get there to relieve you before you could go back interesting to, to, go, Inter- to leave <laughs> so it was like an hour uh, eight hour and like 20 minute day and did you t- did you take lunch you know, or break or no? You you really don't get much of one because when you worked where we worked at, we we was on one of the blocks that was the furthest away. So most of the time, one person would go down because we we actually cared about each other. <laughs> I loved the block I was on, but um, we would uh, one person would go down and get everything for everybody, drinks, and go to the uh, the chow hall and get everything and just come back with it ourselves and then we'd all eat out of that and that was our break basically our break didn't actually hit a lot of times until 12 o'clock after count time right okay um well i'm blown away totally blown away with uh now in regards to in regards to uh the inmates were inmates separated by Females and males, or did you did you just handle the male as part of it, or or, or or you did you also handle the females, or is no, it the other I, way around? They they are separated by by institutions. There's only I think there's three now because I think Wetzel opened one up in Philadelphia. The, there's one in Cambridge Springs, I think it is, and then there's um, Muncie. Muncie is the intake for females. And Camp Hill is the intake for males. However, they can go to other places to be uh, done their intake and evaluation on. 
Okay, it's it's you mentioned you you keep mentioning Camp Hill and the other one. Is that Central Pennsylvania? Yeah, Camp Hill's more central. More central. Okay. So, how many prisons are in 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 Central Pennsylvania? How many are in Eastern Pennsylvania and Western Pennsylvania? Oh gosh, I have no idea no more. He keeps closing them down and putting them in the cities <laughs> to accommodate oh. these gangs. <laughs> oh wow! And, yeah. and Governor and Governor Wolf is is okay with that? Oh, absolutely. Why wouldn't he be? I mean, he's got Meek Mills and Brandon Flood. That's his little A team there. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Um, in your experience uh, working um, in the correctional facility. How much of a uh, the conversion of of inmates becoming uh, jihadists? You know, there, oh. there's been a lot of talk that that in the prison system, there's a lot of conversion going on of inmates, especially African American inmates, Hispanic inmates, converting into is- Islam. Yeah, when I was in the prison, it was more blacks going to Islam. There was a few Hispanics and uh, a few white people, but the majority of it was black, and it was for protection. It was a lot of that. uh, They would even tell you it was for protection. It kept you safe. It kept you from other people bothering you, and mostly it was gangs, and that's how gangs got other people involved with their gangs. Well, but but you say when you say protection, protection – can you uh, other inmates, uh like from other inmates rivaling gangs uh anything to, to that nature it's just a protection uh one of the things we always used to get mad about I don't know, I'm sure they still do it's probably even worse now than ever but um when they had uh, Juma on Fridays they had this big rugs everywhere for these guys to get on and they would not allow you to go on the rugs and to correct them for anything that they were doing that they weren't supposed to do. Somehow you're supposed to remember who they were out of like right. 500 inmates. You're supposed to remember which ones it was who was doing, you know, passing contraband, doing things they weren't supposed to do. And I was like, I know that always kind of like baffled me. It's like they had special privilege, special treatment. And if and this always bothered me too, if in Christianity on Christmas, they don't even call it a Christmas bag. They call it a holiday bag. Now, in Islam, you're not supposed to, you know, celebrate Christmas. But they would be the first people, if they didn't get a, a Christmas goodie bag, to be found grievances that they didn't get one. <laughs> wow. Okay. But yet you and, wouldn't and, be able to see a Christian go to eat at their dinners they had. So you're, 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 you're indicating that there was discrimination against uh, Christians in, 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 in yes. the Pennsylvania Correction Facility. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Mark? You have any questions for 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 Dawn? No, I'm. Uh, you know what? I'm going to write about this on our website and our Facebook page about what what we're hearing about this Pennsylvania corrections uh, thing. And geez, it, it sounds like something out of Chicago gangs in the 1920s. Geez. <laughs> That's what I said whenever uh, Governor Wolf hired Brandon Flood. I said, well, heck, you might as well just have hired Al Capone. (laughs) We can take care of everybody. (laughs) Take care of the family. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, they probably would take care of you better. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, 
one of the things that I, I, I've been cur- very, very curious about, uh, and, and, I, and I've been wanting to, to ask you, especially now that you, you're on the program, is, you know, we had this whole thing with Jeffrey Epstein. Everyone knows who Jeffrey Epstein was. And they came up and said that, you know, he basically committed suicide. And none of the correction officers, no one got a chance to see what ha- actually happened. The cameras went, went totally blind. I mean, they, they, they stopped working. In reality, someone who, who has been in the trenches, who's been there, tell us and tell our audience what really happens in regards to the cameras, the officers. Do you have sufficient They got to raise resources? by somebody higher up. <laughs> so do, do you, That's do, what do you happened have to resu- me one time. Do you have, right. Do you have resources? Uh, the resources, sufficient resources to be able to monitor your inmates. You do, you know, like uh, can I, tell you I have experience with these cameras uh, at AT&T. I was the uh, in charge of a data center and we had a, uh, we were very security conscious. We had cameras all over. Now this is 2001. We had what mm-hmm. was called a self healing system. This is 2001. What that means is if one of the cameras is recording and the system senses it's not being saved uh, and, and recorded, it'll automatically uh-huh. fail over to a different drive so that it is. And it, it was called, quote, self-healing. So, you know, here we are, 2020, 2019, when that happened. Uh, don't they have similar types of systems there is my question? You know, self-healing. I don't know about Camp Hill. Uh, I know of a person who put the security systems in that was talking about some of that stuff. He never told me about the cameras. But I know from past experience with myself and some other staff that there is only like two people who have control over the cameras and who can erase things in Camp Hill at that time when I was there. But they can't erase them. And then I guess it's like it just didn't work. I'm an IT guy. You can go in and erase them, fine, but uh, you leave fingerprints and footprints. Yeah, yes. So if you're using your own, like, login, they'll know it's you. you know, now you could maybe sneak and use someone else's ID, but they're going to know who did that. There's footprints on that. Well, that's why I think the whole Clearly. thing's covered up, because I think there's too many coincidences that the cameras broke down and the guys I, I fell asleep. <laughs> I mean, there was too many things. It's like, okay, give me a break. I worked at, I worked third shift at Camp Hill Prison. That doesn't happen. Not, everybody's not going to be sitting there falling asleep, and, and the cameras just all of a sudden just stop working also. Got it. Got yeah, it. No, so, way, so. No, no, no way does that happen. It, it was obviously uh, uh, conspired. Correct. And everybody I've ever talked to, too, even still in corrections, we all say the same thing. No, no, Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, we have based- all of it. And then this other guy, Haley, that was just killed, uh, Seth Richard. I mean, uh, yes. uh, what, what, what happened to all these, these great police methods and procedures to uh, identify these uh, murderers? Uh, and especially it seems to be happening all to the benefit of the same people all the time, doesn't it? Yeah, yes. like Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, see some of it. You know, I also, you know, something else I have to tell the audience. 
Um, you, you know, I always laughed uh, when you heard uh, that Hillary's organization got uh, $145 million and everyone was going, oh, my God, why did they give us so much money? I always looked at that as she was the bag man, you know, because other people had to sign off on that on that uranium deal. So she got the money and she was handing it out to all the other participants. And that's why it was so much money, because they had to pay off so many people. Exactly. And, and you know, and, and I just can't believe there isn't evidence of this. Uh, I mean, if I had subpoena powers, I'm sure in a year I could have enough evidence to RICO these mothers and not only put them in jail, but uh, seize all their assets. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Well, I, I, I agree, think that's, too. Yeah, that's part of that. that, that the, re, the reason these things are not happening is because we have a, such a high level of corruption on a local, state, and, and even federal level. And, 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 and that's the reason we're not getting anywhere. Yeah, the, but, like the police commissioner over in Harrisburg, his wife, she's on social media with every gang member there is. And they're out there selling drugs on social media with her on it. <laughs> and then cars talk about shooting people in the head, three felons, sitting in a car, and one of them just happens to be related to her. And I'll tell you this, um, I went to the FBI, ATF agent to give him my stuff after U.S. Marshal Hill was killed, and he didn't know any of this stuff. And he said that Josh Shapiro didn't give him that video. But he did give him Daryl Heinzman's name, but not the other two people that were in the car with that gun that they were looking for. And I was like, he didn't give you that? I said, well, maybe that's because Lord Humble Jones, I said, is on social media with uh, the police commissioner's wife. And I think that she even works at the police department. Yeah. One, one, of, one of the things that, that, I, that I found, and, and I want to confirm it with you uh, in regards to prison guards, correctional officers, that they're, they're, they're indicating that they're, the reason there's, there's a level of corruption within the correctional officers is because the, they earn way below the average annual salary of, of most Americans. Prison guards, okay. do, you find, do you find that, my question to you is, do you find that prison guards in today's world are making sufficient or making, not making enough? that leads them to into that corrupt conduct? Well, I think, you know, it, it's the same problem we have in every other agency and bureaucracy. The frontline folks and in the correctional uh, environment, it's the guards. They don't make enough money. You know, in the education system, the teachers, they don't make enough money. You know, in uh, government, the actual workers, they don't make enough money. But what goes on is the administrative and the management lard is uh, soaking up the resources that should be going to the frontline personnel, and the correctional system's no different. You know, I'm, I'm sure the, these uh, you know higher ups are, are earning money right and left, uh, and the, the, there isn't enough funds left for the frontline folks. In this case, those you poor guards. Yeah. So yeah. So that's a very good observation, Mark. Uh, how about how about you, Dawn? What do you? Uh... I agree. Uh, for what corrections officers have to go through, absolutely, they don't get paid enough. I mean, when you got people throwing feces at you, spitting in your face, uh, fighting you, stabbing you, you know, every day is an event when you go in there. That's why a lot of people get post-traumatic stress disorder working inside of prisons, and that's why their life expectancies is. And I think the age fifty-five 
is, is what their, their life expectancy is. And there's no, like, even, like, Governor Wolf and John Wetzel, Secretary of Corrections, all they care about is treatment for inmates, which they know isn't going nowhere. Instead of caring about two, they need to care about the staff members. You know, when people go in that environment and work day in and day out with criminals like these people, and not all of them, not all inmates are bad people, but there are some that are their career criminals and their career manipulators, and that's why they call them convicts. <laughs> but <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they manipulate, and it's a very negative environment. And, you know, to go into that, and you got a secretary of correction and a governor who'd rather side with gangs then decide with your staff. It makes it a more negative environment. So it makes it more easeful and acceptable for people to think, okay, let me, a cell phone? Yeah, I'll give you a cell phone for $1,000. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no treatment, mental health treatment for staff members either. It's all about inmates, 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 inmates. It's not about the people who are doing care, custody, and control. So do you, do you believe, based on your experience, that, that uh, a lot of, a lot of the issues that we're having in the prison system is due to the prison system being a profit making and generating so much revenue for, for these states, you know, like the state of Pennsylvania. I mean, uh, in, in so many different ways, because it's not a, I believe it's not a public uh, prison system. It's a private prison system for profit, correct? Uh, no, Pennsylvania is not private. It is a uh, state-run. It's a state-run. Okay. Yeah. Because we do have we do have a lot of uh, facilities that are private for profit prison yeah. systems. Pennsylvania is not. Okay. No, Can you and they, on they that? do they do get they do get paid okay, but it's very easy. Well, when you got <laughs> I don't know who does a background investigation on these people. I know who a couple of them are, but they're not doing no background investigations or they're just being bought off because nowhere would you ever hire. If I was a white supremacist group, I belonged to one of those, and I was all over my social media with white supremacy stuff, you would never hire me. But yet if you're a gang member and you're flipping gang signs and you're on social media with inmates and gangs and you know, you're flipping your money signs, gang signs, and you're like, you know, I belong to this gang, that gang, you get hired. How's that happen? It's almost like they want it to happen. Well, you know they do. They're they're accommodating to the gangs working inside there. They have to have people to bring out, bring things into them. Okay. Otherwise, it would you know what I mean that it they wouldn't be happy. <laughs> and that's what they're all about. Governor Wolf and uh, John Wetzel is all about making the inmates happy. But in order to make them happy, they have to have those bad apples working in there. Got it. How, how have you been able to get your state senators or Congress individuals, have they been of any help in regards to this, or are they just basically towing the, uh, the, the party line uh, on a lot of these issues? Uh, Senator Ahmet, he helped out a lot. Uh, Smucker helped me out, Senator Smucker, uh, where to go. Uh, sen- uh Representative Frank, Frank Ryan, where I live at, he was very helpful. He was the only one brave enough to actually go to the OIG and ex- demand an answer to why these correctional officers and correctional staff are still working there. And state troopers, too, by the way, that are that are flipping gang signs and they're saying they're affiliated with gangs. And why there's nothing being done about that. He, I, Frank Ryan, he's awesome. I will say that because I actually got a letter back from him, what OIG, what their response was. 
Senator Ahmet, um he said that Josh Shapiro and them said they never got my evidence. This was be- uh, after uh, U.S. Marshal Hill was killed, which I have documents proving that they did because they signed for the documents from the U.S. Postal Service that they received them. <laughs> Yet they said, oh, no, we didn't wow. get them, I guess. <laughs> well, I got the proof right here, just like Governor Wolf. I, I gave him a fax about what happened to me and stuff, and boom, I was fired. <laughs> okay. So so basically this – this uh. Are, 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 and these are all state senators, not federal, not U.S. senators. Uh, uh, Pat Toomey, I went to him too. He was concerned about it. He is a U.S. senator. Uh, right. Yeah, he was very helpful. Uh, now, one I did go to, which was horrifying, was uh, Bob Casey, Senator Bob Casey. He lied in 2012 oh. and said that he went to the. He's a Democrat. Said, of course. Oh yes, and I got email with corresponding and stuff. Said that he went to the. He's sending my stuff to the FBI. When I called the FBI up, they said, "Nope, we never got anything." So I had to put in some of what I had. I get when I should have never gave him just all the original documents of my writing, what I wrote down to him and stuff. I should because I couldn't remember everything I gave to him. But I gave him things about corrupt staff that people were. There's a lot of people things going over, going on over at the prisons that they're not paying attention to, and. Right. He just blew me off. I think he just handed all over to Wetzel because they seem to be good buddies. <laughs> right, John right. Wetzel. So, the, so there's there, there goes Mark. There goes that Democratic collusion that they're trying to blame on President Trump. Yeah, I mean, boy, this is becoming a a, a real issue. We're supposed to be a nation of laws, and that doesn't seem the case. So uh, uh, things better straighten out quick, or else they're gonna. They're not going to like the way we, the citizens, do the straightening out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! So one of one of the one of the complaints has been that uh, in, in 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 the prison system is that correctional officers they stem from the lack of consequences for corrupt behavior, the lack of officer supervision, and unclear job expectations. Did you feel that that's true, or it's not true? You talking to me? Yes. Okay. Uh, yes, like the one person who was bringing in drugs and cell phones. There seems to they don't be they're not held accountable. Like if I was on the street and I was doing something, the same thing, they don't get the same time. Even females or males having sex with inmates. Most females who have sex with inmates don't even get no time. They get probation, put on Megan's Law for a little while, and that's it. Got it. Got it. So if there there was more people being held at a higher standard, which they should be, when you work in law enforcement of any kind, you should be held at a higher standard because you absolutely know better than doing what you do. Right. But if you you don't toy the, the, the line, you're going to get isolated and then harass, and they, they'll make your life miserable, just like they did to you. Oh, my gosh, yes, because it, it wasn't just when I got assaulted and reporting that. It became after I reported Melissa Griffin and Audrey D'Epiante, whose boyfriends belonged to the same gang. And it was just, after that, it was horrifying because it was, I found out they were all getting their drugs, staff at, at the prison was getting their drugs from the same drug dealers, <laughs> as Melissa Griffin was. <laughs> So wow. you become public enemy number one, <laughs> real fast. So, so basically, it's uh, you got to toy the line, or, or otherwise, you get crucified. 
That's that's how how the prison system works, in especially in in in, in the uh, Pennsylvania correctional facility. How about how about officers abusing their power? Did you see a lot oh, yeah. of that? You know, with inmates. We had one time. I'll tell you a story that goes back to the gangs again. There was a kitchen. We was in the kitchen. That was main line where the inmates eat. And there was about a hundred plus inmates on each side, easily plus a hundred to more coming towards you to go eat. It's like a, um, I don't know how you explain it, revolving door at that point. And there was. I'm standing there, and I heard uh, uh, there was a fight in the kitchen. But he he said the wrong kitchen because I'm looking in mine. And I'm like main line. I'm like, wait a minute. There's not no fight here. He meant the other one. So we all go out running who was, who was allowed to go out because some people had to stay there. I was extra. So we ran over to uh, break up this fight, and it was three inmates, and two were stabbing and trying to kill an inmate, literally trying to kill him. And wow. the two COs were standing there watching it happen, wasn't oh. calling it on the radio, nothing. And we all had to break them up. I mean, blood was everything everywhere. This guy had a gash across his face. I don't know if he had any other wounds on him, but there was a toothbrush with a razor in it. And I remember the lieutenant asked him, he says, why did you not call that on the radio? Why did you not do anything? And the officer would not respond. Well, that same captain who has control over that shift is also part of those gangs, him and his wife, and on social media with all of them. They, they love and enticed by this whole organized crime and he ripped up the write-up. That person never oh. got held accountable for allowing it wow. to happen. That's what snitches get stitches. And that's what I was told that these two, these two inmates went after this guy because he was a snitch. And that's why they want these people in the prisons, because they control inmates talking on the street. If I know I'm going to go into a prison, oh, wow, I can't, I'm not going to snitch. I'm not going to snitch. You're going to put me in jail before I snitch because, you know, once you go into the prison – that your life can be taken at any point in time at all because you have staff members that belong to these gangs. I found that same staff member who was standing there. He is on social media. He flips his own gang signs, and he's on social media with underground crypts and and inmates. God, wow. What's the um, – how, how, how are divided are, are the gangs in prison, uh, the – Black gangs, Hispanic gangs, Asian gangs, Caucasian <laughs> gangs. Uh, how how are they broken? I mean, because I hear different stories that that they they, they separate them in, in different cells. I mean, in separate what different ponds? They used to at Camp Camp Hill. They used to have okay. segregated the Spanish speaking side, which was. Uh, drug and alcohol mm-hmm. program. It was a open bay kind of uh, block. They were, uh, I forget, they, they weren't the, your forcible felons, I guess you would say. They had a block for the drug and alcohol program, but then the black people, white people got mad because they was giving special treatment to the Spanish, which a lot of times they weren't even Americans. They came from Mexico. <laughs> they were, right. They you know, so... They was giving them special treatment, and they got mad, and they, they wrote up a thing about it, and they finally had to, to quit doing it, to segregating them that way. So they did break that up. But, however, John Wetzel and then had this program down in Green that put all these inmates that were in gangs, higher-up gang members, together on a block together 
to so that they could socialize and learn how to get along. Well, all that did was teach these gangs how to work better together. And that's wow. why you see a lot of the Bloods and Crips have united a lot, of, a lot here in Pennsylvania. They're, they've united, and they go with the Disciples, which is eight ballers, like Brandon Flood's friends. <laughs> Board of pardons. Okay, 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 who are the Disciples for the audience that do not know uh, these gangs? Disciples, I, I haven't got enough knowledge of that part of it. I just know they call them eight ballers. It started in the prison, and mostly okay. what I see is that the Crips work with the disciples, and that's why they call themselves the eight ball. Got it. So, and it, and, I think and it goes are, along with folk or one of them with the pitchfork. And, and these are black gangs, I mean African-American gangs. Majority. There are white people in them, but the majority of them are black. Okay. And how about in regards to the other gangs, like the Latin Kings, the Spanish, uh, the Mexican cartel, I mean, Mexican mafia and all that, uh, are they also part, are they in the same cell blocks? Uh, yes, they all, they work together. When I worked there, there was like this code. You didn't really see a lot of fighting. They tried to not fight while you was in the prisons, while I was there anyhow, but that seems to have not been true anymore because there's a lot more fighting, a lot more assaults, a lot more deaths with inmates being killed and stuff in the prison. So I'm not sure what's going on with that because I'm not there no more to right. get the, like, drill scoop on it. And people are afraid to talk to me, apparently. <laughs> but, uh, I do know I some... bail out, Cisco. It's after 10. All right. I, I, I'll continue. I'll right, continue. With, thank uh, with thank you very much. I'm going to write about this tomorrow. I can't believe uh, Very good. Stories. Very good. Mark. Mark All right. Uh, good night. Uh, we, it's nice talking exposure. with you. All right, fantastic. So basically, let's continue on uh, on, on this because it's it's there's a lot more to cover on this, and and I'm glad uh, Mark is going to uh, write up because I think uh, we're going we're we're we're, we're going to get a lot of exposure for for you and 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 also to reveal what actually is happening in the Pennsylvania uh, Department of Corrections because uh, it needs to be told. This is basically right. totally hidden. I want I want to cover this the the Mexican uh, mafia, uh, Mexican gangs, the Latin Kings. You're saying that they are working together in the prison system? Because that's yes. not what I, that's not what I've heard in other prisons where they actually are fighting against each other. In Pennsylvania, well, that goes with John Wetzel putting those blocks and holding them together. Uh, like in Reading, Pennsylvania, there was this thing about the human sex trafficking where you can read about it. They were eight people, I think, indicted on it. It was uh, Bloods, Crips, Latin Kings, and Disciples, if I'm not mistaken. We're all working together in this sex trafficking of these children and young women together. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can, I mean, it's right there, but that goes to show why you don't put gangs together inside the prisons, like especially on a block trying to make them get along because you're not fixing the problem. You're making a bigger problem than what you already have. And like the Crips, mostly what I see is Crips are the ones working more with the Mexican cartel. More of them are working with them. I've seen that a lot in Harrisburg, a lot with the people that are associated with um, Brandon Flood. You know, you got the, all Fetterman, who's got the Bernie Sanders on his side, and Bernie Sanders, <laughs> everybody knows, has uh, <laughs> everybody knows Bernie Sanders has Killer Mike, who's a active Crip member, 
who is just like flooding the whole justice system with thinking everybody's that they're they're being treated wrong. He even puts this out on his stuff. They're being treated wrong. I'm like, you're a criminal. How in the heck can you be treated wrong? If you're out there selling drugs, sex trafficking people, you belong in jail. You don't get a special treatment. Nobody does. And that's you know what he's doing, and he's funding Bernie Sanders. I don't understand why people don't get that and put that together. They sex traffic children, and they're 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 supporting Bernie Sanders. He even said he gives him him that he supports his campaign and he he funds his campaign, which should be illegal. You shouldn't be allowed to get money from organized crime. Well, but yet Bernie we're, Sanders does. We're, we're going to try and reach out to the Bernie Sanders campaign and see what they have to say about this because this is. This is this will blow a big hole in his campaign. If he if he you know if he's receiving money from these types of individuals, he needs to be called out on it. Yeah. Well, he has no respect for women. I mean, look at how he, what his essay was about women. Women want and fantasize about being raped. I guess that's why he thinks human sex trafficking is okay. He thinks those women like to be beaten and raped right. and drugged. <laughs> they fantasize yeah. apparently about that. So uh, I want to I want to get another perspective from you in regards to um, Governor Wolf. Governor Wolf uh, has been pushing this whole thing in Pennsylvania now with the anti-gun ban. Uh, and, and 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 in your in your opinion, is it easy also to get guns or weapons inside the prison system in in, in the Pennsylvania Department of Correction? I can tell you for a fact, if I wanted to bring a gun in there when I worked there on third shift, and I brought this up to the FBI years ago, back in 2015 or maybe even 2012, that if I wanted to bring a gun in there, I could easily have done it because people brought more than just guns in there. They would bring CDs in there, things to play movies on, (laughs) third shift for entertainment. And I'm not saying they were wrong or right, but uh, they were bringing them in. Because all you had to do, people on third shift didn't even pay attention to the metal detectors. My whole thing was I was always scared that the one, the lieutenant that I reported, that she, maybe she had done that. You know, it was she. Everybody she seems to be involved with was always in trouble with guns on the street. So, and having guns they weren't supposed to be in possession of. So, what was to stop her from bringing a gun inside the prison? Because security on night shift left before we would go through the metal detectors. And they didn't have nobody there securing or patrolling those um, metal detectors when you went through them. And lieutenants didn't even go through them anyhow. If you were a white shirt, they did not go through the metal detectors at nighttime. And she was a white, what we called a white shirt. She was a management. So management management got got a pass. Is that what you're saying? Yep. They did not go through the metal detectors. Fantastic. Well... There goes. How easy is to get weapons in in in, in the uh, correctional um, Pennsylvania correctional facilities? Uh, in regards to um, correctional officers having really hurting and physical abuse and harassment with inmates. Do you, did you see that more often than the less prison yes, officers treat, treating treating and harassing uh, uh, inmates? 
Yes. Uh, I, I did one I didn't see one time. I got involved in an investigation one time where one CO had allegedly hit an inmate, which I never knew. I never saw him come on the blocker thing. When I did my investigation with the uh, security officer, who, again, he belongs with these gangs, you know, he's affiliated with and got inmates on his social media account. And he was asking me what I saw. I said, well, I never saw him come on a block, which I didn't. But when you cut mainline coming in, you are, you got two sides you got to watch and open doors for. It's not supposed to go like that, but they don't sometimes run the mainline like they're supposed to run it. So right. you got two two sets coming in at the same time. So he comes to my block like a week later after investigation had been cleared, laughing about it. He's like, I can't believe you didn't see. He said, you, he said first he first he thought I took his back. I said, well, no, I didn't even see you come over here. He said, you didn't see me come here. He said, that is so funny. He's like, yes, I did come in here, and he did assault that inmate. And wow. he and it's most of this is gang related because this person he was even in the news media, never lost his job either. And this is something that the union needs to bring up because this guy never lost his job. Yet there's like several officers getting in trouble and was suspended over another prison for allegedly allowing inmates to beat up a sex. And a lot of times you don't see what goes on. And I was a prime example of that for that reason right there. I didn't see this guy come into the block and what he did. But he gets by with it. He he assaulted an inmate up in Vermont that came down here for the state prison. They mm-hmm. they had too many. They had overcrowding, so Pennsylvania took some of their inmates. And this inmate got assaulted. And from everything they said, well, it was definitely him, and he belongs to a gang. You know, he not belong, he's affiliated with. He may belong to him, but he definitely affiliates with them. And he's on social media with inmates. And if inmates have a problem with someone, all they got to do is tell the corrections officers to take care of it, and it's covered up. And I'm pretty sure that's what happened here. This guy got beaten up, assaulted, was denied medical treatment from outside facilities, and other inmates even filed grievances that they wouldn't even listen to for this. And it's on, uh, I had this, there's, it's on a report or something, but this guy never lost his job, never. And the, right. other, the other CEO that was there, he had assault charges on him and still had a job working in corrections, just like the person who assaulted me. He was on Megan's Law, was convicted of a sex crime, and still given his job back working in corrections under Wolf, not under, not under Wolf, sorry, under Wetzel, Secretary hmm. of Corrections. He was given his job back. That's how they don't care about women and sex crimes at all, because they had a chaplain working there who was a child rapist. Oh, and <laughs> it's unbelievable. But yeah, that's. There's a lot wait a minute, of wait, wait a minute. They, they had a chap. They had a chaplain that that was a, a convicted rape uh, pedophile ra- rapist. Yes, yes, and he was actually at the Camp Hill prison. He was given security keys. He roamed a prison. Now, if you're a state trooper and you come into our prison, you have to be escorted in there. This is a convicted felon who was a volunteer, paid volunteer, to come in there and work with inmates freely as he wanted. He was not supervised by nobody or anything. He even got the top security keys to get into this level five housing units. There's no reason that he couldn't have had something to copy those keys with and then later given them to an inmate to get for an escape. Yes, he was a rapist uh, from Philadelphia, and he was a rapist. And when he wrote me up, he said said I was going to kill one of his inmates. Um, He said that... uh, this inmate, who was a three- or four-time rapist who didn't like me and another officer, he said that uh, I was going to kill him. Apparently, I was going to use this other officer to kill him. 
And I'm like, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? When I got investigated over and I found out that the, the person told me that it was the chaplain wrote me up. And I'm like, really? And then the, the lieutenant who investigated me said it too. So the person told me, he says, well, you need to go check his record out because he is an ex-convict coming in here, gets level five housing unit keys. He's not supervised or anything with these inmates. And here he is writing me up, and I found out that he's a child rapist. And wow. we would have to work in a chapel with him, and I had no knowledge. You know, rapists are rapists. It's about opportunity. So right. here you are. You got keys to the bathroom, and he's got the keys to the same bathroom as you have. So when I went down to Philadelphia, they tried to set me up and try to say that I went down to, to obtain his criminal record as um, an investigator. I looked at that, Miss Mattis, and I said, Miss Mattis, I said, you can obtain anyone's criminal record. It's public. I'm not stupid. Who, who's Miss Mattis? She was the OSII investigator. She was investigating me over uh, going down to Philadelphia and getting this guy's, um, obtaining and his record. She, and who did she report to? Uh, she, John Wetzel. She was John an investigator, Wetzel. and she has arresting powers. So she wouldn't allow me to have a union rep, and she would not allow me to have uh, an attorney present when she was making these accusations. So I went to Cumberland County DA's office, and that was pointless because they wouldn't do nothing to her. But I had to go get an attorney, hired that attorney. I forget how much it cost me. It was like close to $2,000. And they shoved it underneath the rug like she never did any of that. Hmm. And so, they left yeah. that rapist on the block with me. If some if inmate says that he's going to kill, uh, that you're going to kill them, they're supposed to put them in protective custody. That is policy. They let this rapist, while under John Wetzel, stay on the block with me the whole entire time that they were doing the investigation, and he terrorized me the whole time. That was their point, though, is to terrorize me. That was after well, I did. I, I did my report about being assaulted and also my re, uh, report of two correctional staff that were involved with inmates that are gang members. That, 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 again, that, that's the epitome of this whole case that you have. The, uh, the lawsuit is the level of not protecting the correctional facility officers from harassment and, and and totally disregarding your feelings and, and what you're going through. And that's that's the reason today in the Pennsylvania Correctional Facility corruption is just rampant. And and yeah. I I would I would not based on everything you're telling us, not really would not I I don't know how and why would someone want to work in that type of environment. No, I would never want that job back. <laughs> Yeah. They can keep that. I, in fact, I don't ever want to work in law enforcement. I respect a lot of our law enforcement, uh, the officers themselves, but the people up in these higher managements that work in these places, they are not working for the people. They're not working for the police officers that are out there on the streets. You know, they're working for themselves and their own means, what, they, what, they, what they're gaining out of everything. Now, uh, is there... Is there are they hiring more women in in the prison system in in in, in Pennsylvania, or or is it more male? I mean, can you? I'm curious. What's the ratio between men and, and women that they hire, and what type of women you know type of individuals? I mean, you just said the cha they hired a chaplain who was a, a, a convicted rapist. 
the there's not as many women as men. At one point, I think they wanted to get 50% of women working in the Camp Hill well, prisons statewide was their goal because they yeah. think women have a calming effect on inmates, which actually there's some truth to that, but for the most part, no. You never want in a male prison there to be more females than males, period. That's just, that's not, that's common sense. That's just not even, that's not, that's dumb. <laughs> not as corrections, corrections officers anyhow. But uh, when I first started there, it, um, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> That's okay. It was uh, there was very little women there, and okay. then when I was working there, they, it started progressing to be more females there, and that's when the more anger came with the women being inside the prisons by the male officers. But um, what was interesting to me when I went to the female for corrections, uh, they had like this uh, program for all the females who worked in corrections to go over to Pittsburgh and hear these things that goes on and stuff. And one of the things they talked about was that women were a liability inside the prisons because being a heterosexual female, you were more likely to cause more lawsuits. Oh, That stuck in my head so bad. And then I've noticed after that, and this has nothing to do about people being gay or anything, but they hire more lesbians now. And Wow, interesting. Yeah, whenever, I mean, I was like, First, you know, there was it was heterosexuals, and then there was a few lesbians, and then it's like more and more and more. And my thought is of this is is that they don't get pregnant, you know. What I mean, they don't have to worry about the pregnancies or the the money from the pregnancy, the you know, the insurance and the not being taken off maternity leave and all the different things. So they save money. They're they're all about saving money. Okay, and if so you hold people accountable for if you hold people accountable for their actions, though, you know, for sexual harassment, assaults and stuff, it wouldn't happen, at least not nearly as much. Because, But they don't hold nobody accountable. But, hell, they hired a sex offender come, to come back inside the prison as a corrections officer. Who does that? Wow. That's uh, – like Mark said, this is this is blowing me away. I mean, this this whole uh, level of corruption. I mean, it's, it's like corruption in your face. Uh, that's uh, – and, and – so all these new women that are coming in and uh, in, in the new correctional offices, how much training do you, uh, is, is provided to them before they actually go and start working in the, in the, in the cell units, in the cell block units? Uh, you get five weeks training as a corrections officer. I think if you're a, a maintenance or kitchen staff, which they have to help break up fights and stuff too, they get, I think, four weeks training. And okay. it's not enough, though, because there's not enough hands-on training combat, like, to understand how you have to defend defend yourself inside the prison. Um, and, of course, when I was there, they didn't give you anything to defend yourself. The only thing you had was your handcuffs. And, and I remember I kept it? my handcuffs. Yep, that's all you got was your handcuffs. And I always kept mine because I told people they were like brass knuckles. I said, and I ain't got the bigger ones. I said, because I know as a female my biggest defense was, I better hit them, and I better hit them good, and I better hit them hard with something else because they're me taking a hit at a man is going to be a lot different than that man taking a hit at me. At least if he's most men are bigger than females. So right. I was like, told people, I said, man, my my uh, handcuffs were my brass knuckles. Then <laughs> 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 some people say, oh, I don't carry handcuffs because they could be used on me. I said, well, I use them because that's the only thing you got. 
But most of the people that didn't hold the handcuffs were the ones who were chummy chummy with the inmates and stuff, so they didn't care anyhow. <laughs> so you're 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 telling me that none of the correction officers have a a, 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 a gun or stick or. Uh, if you're on a level five housing unit, you have a small baton that you baton, use. I think we guess they call that one. It's not the riot baton. There's a smaller one. And you use that to transport the inmates, but they have to be handcuffed before they come out anyhow. So that's the only time you had a baton unless there was a riot. And now if you worked on the outside perimeter of the prison, yes, you had weapons, including the towers. But they kept closing the towers. They kept, To save money, John Wetzel kept closing these towers where there's nobody manning them. So inmates can do whatever they want. That's when they start making all these videos outside the, in the yard and stuff, their cell phones and stuff, because there was nobody being able to see what they were actually doing. Because there's it. no cameras to watch them either. So you had one officer, maybe three, and you only get to patrol it for so, many, so, so long because you, you, yeah. you have to have so many officers and one watching or something per yard. So when one went on a break, you didn't have enough. But, yeah, well, it's just like oh, – go ahead. Don, Don you, have, you have 60 seconds. Uh, 30 seconds. Uh, just summarize what – what do you want uh, to come out of this? I want people to be held accountable, not just for what they did to me, what they've done to a lot of people. Uh, okay. They to be some people get arrested because what they've done is obstruction, perjury, just to have me fired because I was doing the right thing as a citizen, or even as a police officer, a law enforcement officer, a corrections officer. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be able to uphold the law, and if you don't, when you go in there, if you're telling on people. And you get the backlash of that. That's wrong. And people starting to right. attack you that are higher up and lying and becoming corrupt. They should be held accountable. Definitely. That way, other well, people I, don't have that fear. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming on the program, um, and it's 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 been so informative in regards to your story. And we wish you the best of luck. And I know that that uh, we're, we're going to be uh, exposing. The Pennsylvania Department of Correction and, 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 and their cronies. So have a great. Yes. You'll be you'll be back. We'll, we'll have I'll you back, back on the show. <laughs> All right. And we'll talk right. next week. We'll have another special guest on the Cisco and Falzone Hour. Good night. God bless America. <laughs> Bye. Bye.